With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, this week on Around the Coin is episode 42 and we focus on MCX. MCX is a Essentially, a conglomerate company of the retailers, the large retailers in America, came together and created a payment network with the goal of minimizing the cost to use credit cards. Uh, Merchants pay billions and billions of dollars. You know, the 1% that you use to swipe your credit card costs a retailer, in the case of Walmart, billions of dollars. So, really interesting story. Brian broke us down in a story format, told us how this, this organization got formed. Uh, what they're going to do next. It's huge. The retailers they have between Target and Walmart and Banana Republic, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's actually quite amazing what they've done so far, but they're now going head-to-head with Apple Pay. Um, The big caveat here is that they restrict the retailers to use only MCX, thus excluding Apple Pay and creating this essentially battle between the two. So, we go very long on Apple Pay, short on MCX, and, and think the company's uh, in, a, in a downturn now and, and doomed for failure, uh, as, as Brian and Faisal put it. Really interesting episode here. Hope you enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back. We're here with another episode of Around the Coin. Uh, this will be a focused episode around the recent events of MCX. Uh, And as a reminder to everyone, please give us any comments, suggestions, or feedback you have. We love them. We appreciate them. We live by them. And of course, thanks for listening. Brian Faisal, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Great. So, Brian, you've been getting a lot of mail on uh, MCX Apple Pay. Yes. Um, You know, I'm a strong supporter of Merchant Cash Advance uh, Exchange when they put this uh, uh, immerse, sorry Merchant Customer Exchange uh, when they put this idea together it was brilliant it was uh, just retailers looking at common elements common interest and uh, and basing it upon the needs of the merchant and the consumer it was really a response to us in the technology space and the payments technology space in particular uh, it was really based on us failing. Uh, these uh, merchants. They didn't go about making this uh, uh, product and this idea 
because there was something out in the marketplace and they wanted to compete with it. There was simply nothing in the marketplace. And I might have mentioned a couple of times before, there were a number of payment startups who uh, uh, thought it was a pleasant idea to not have a phone number or a contact person to talk to about partnerships. So when MCX went around uh, and started researching the idea of working with existing payment startups in the Silicon Valley in particular, they had a zero response. Uh, and in fact, some of the responses they did get were less than professional. Uh, in fact, they're embarrassing. Uh, so they went about building it themselves. They unfortunately formed a committee. And when, committees, when committees are formed, uh, they might want to invent a snake but they uh, ultimately invent an elephant that has a snake-like nose. And uh, it's, uh, it's a terrible, uh, terrible thing I've observed in human nature. Uh, and so that's problem number one. Problem number two is there just was not enough thought involved about how the payment ecosystem would evolve. Uh, merchants certainly have a great deal of empirical paraxis. They, they are, in fact, the closest touching point to the customer. They know them. They are the Darwinian example of understanding how their uh, customers interact with uh, themselves. If they don't understand that, they don't get to last. So these large retailers are not dumb. They're not stupid. Uh, and they certainly do understand customers. So they built this idea uh, looking at the lowest common denominator of a cell phone. And that would be really only two uh, directions they could have gone in, is sonics or optics. Uh, sonics are a great idea. Uh, I'm not sure ultimately why they abandoned that idea. Originally, that was the premise. Surprisingly enough, hidden in the... Uh, uh, in, in, inside of all the modern Verifone terminals uh, are a Sonics capability. Uh, it was originally going to be an extension of helping Klinkle out. So Klinkle abandoned the Sonics con uh, concept and went down their treat road. Uh, but uh, still, Sonics were available. But they chose to sort of look at what Starbucks was doing. And Starbucks was successful in one uh, major regard is because they literally controlled uh, the entire experience because they they literally owned the POS systems, they uh, owned the upgrade cycle, everything. When it came to taking that idea and and moving it amongst some 50 of the largest retailers, it became a fiasco. And uh, even though they all have barcode readers, uh, they could not con control the resolution and the uh, way that the screens uh, of the phones of their customers were. So the failure rates started to go higher. They kept going back and forth. They finally came out with something which is now known as current C. It's still based on optics. They've optimized it. And uh, it's not officially out. It's really in alpha testing at this point. So that was announced about three weeks before Apple Pay was announced. And certainly, unless they were living under a rock, everybody knew Apple was going to get involved with payments. Certainly, if they followed all of us guys on around the coin or Quora, they would have known about it, well, quite a few years ago. Uh, unfortunately, their investment was not in NFC, near-field communication. Their investment was in this optics system. So that's one of the first dissensions is the um, the decisioning that was made around not accepting NS NFC as a, a primary platform for currency or the MCX platform. So they announced it. I wrote some great stuff about it. I think it's a great idea, uh, objectively. 
And then Apple Pay comes out. And, you know, there was not too much said from the people over at the MCX camp. And um, a couple of days later, Best Buy comes out and says, oh, Apple Pay is going to use NFC. We're deactivating every one of our NFC de devices. Even though they're on our terminals, even though they're baked in, we're going to purposely rip it out. And a few days later, uh, CVS and Rite Aid said essentially the same thing. And a few other companies sort of echoed that they're on the fence about it. Now, here's the problem. The problem is we have merchants that already have a working electronic device and they are going steps backwards to deactivate it. So that created a controversy in and of itself. So if you were a Google Wallet user at Best Buy, you could have held it up and, and uh, used NFC to pay. One day, the next day, it didn't work. So this is not about technology. It's about philosophy. It's about politics. And um, it later leaked out that N uh, uh, the NFC disablement fiasco was uh, engineered by MCX. And it was engineered based upon a provision in a contract which specifically stated that all of the merchants that are part of MCX have to exclusively only use for a predetermined period of time only the currency platform, the MCX invented platform for mobile payments. They cannot aid and abet any other mobile platform. So it was in this backdrop that this all started. And then, of course, money 2020 came, and uh, that's the uh, major industry, payment industry uh, uh, trade show. And uh, between all of those uh, things, the consumers and um, the media rose up and uh, almost nearly 100% uh, were against this MCX purposeful abandonment of uh, NFC as an anti-Apple uh, move. Now, I would urge anybody not to get into a, an anti-Apple campaign because Apple has some of the <laughs> yeah. most loyal customers. They wait in line, sometimes weeks in advance, maybe not so mm. much uh, these last uh, Apple announcements, but weeks in advance to get access to the phone. They're loyal users. And mm. most importantly, they're typically higher income and they typically spend a lot more money. So what would the logic be to insult because if that's what you're doing, when you're saying, I've disabled Apple Pay on my terminal, the only translation to the consumer is, uh, who is an Apple Pay or an app, loyal Apple uh, you know, user, is you've insulted them. And the fact that they couldn't see this before they went out and made these pronouncements is fascinating. It will be a study, I think, in business psychology for decades because... You couldn't be more boneheaded. You couldn't be more flat-footed in the way you were dealing with this. Uh, so now it raised the whole dialogue and narrative to, okay, uh, MCX, you're ripping out Apple Pay. What do you got? Well, the answer is, well, coming soon now, we're going to have this system that you can use a, a barcode, you can take a picture, and, in a, and maybe they can take a picture of your phone, and we're not quite sure. And yeah, we need your social security number. And so, no, you so don't Brian, have to use your credit card. Oh, that sounds terrible. Brian, well, one question. Yeah. Sure. Is it not possible, I mean, are you telling us that it's not possible on the device to have NFC disabled for a particular uh, phone set like Apple Pay? Is it, or do they have to sort of turn it off completely altogether? 
Well, if I understand the question, you're saying from the merchant side, um, yeah. can they coexist? Uh, yeah, technically, can. they could coexist. It's just another. See, basically, all NFC is is a transport mechanism. It's a standard that allows you to take your credit card and digitally send it to the merchant in a secured envelope. And it works flawlessly. It just works. There's no question about it. You hold your phone up. Two seconds later, you're done. You walk out. Um, MCX is not that experience. It's not baked into anybody's platform, nor mm. do I think it will. So you have to open an app. You have to enter your PIN number. You mm. have to position your phone such. You have to mm. make uh, – my count is about 16 taps before you get to the, um, to the right image. Oh. Then you go and hold it over their, uh, their, their scanner, and the consumer is in control of the phone because technically, uh, from the legality standpoint, the uh, register operator, uh, uh, cashier, should not touch the phone. So they have to encourage the person to tilt the phone thus 30-degree angle so it can be read correctly by the laser scanner. Meanwhile, it's an unnatural act. How often do you stick your hand over a scanner? Is so it, these is are it, some is it of really the that much different than the Starbucks? I mean, Starbucks is easy to use. They don't need yes, a 30 because degree Starbucks rule. made a provision to move the scanner to the customer facing environment. Uh, most of the merchants that are using MCX are not investing in customer facing technology. They're just using the scanners that are on their checkout stand. Now, some of them. Yes, do have wands that they can aim at the customer. But I can tell you that customers are going to start feeling freaked out that red lasers are being aimed at them in their phone, <laughs> especially from a disinterested 17-year-old who just says, come on already with your MCX. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fiasco from, if you, just, if you would just do time and motion studies, this, the time and motion data uh, goes back to, to Deming. In the 1920s, 1930s, Deming invented it really in the 1950s, 1940s. The research is, is just overwhelming about cognitive load. It wasn't really called that back then, but we'll call it that today, mechanical load. These are the things that people need to do to get something done. And most people who are making these debates have never done any research in their life. And they go, what's the big deal of pulling a wallet out or pulling my phone out and pressing an app? Do it. Do it and watch people do it. Take out a stopwatch, an old-fashioned stopwatch that clicks. I love those. And look at how many steps. Click them off. I do this. I've been doing it for 30 years, time and motion studies. One step, two step. Every movement and every thought is a step. You know, it Either reminds it's a cognitive me, load or a mechanical load. It reminds me, Brian, of uh, you know the argument of time versus attention. You know, when you go through yes. the uh, airport checkpoint and you have oh to take God. off your shoes and your belt and your wallet and your phone, it doesn't often. It doesn't take a lot more time than if you go through TSA pre-check and you just walk through. But the attention to take off your shoes, to undo them, throw them through the belt, put it, go to the side, drag all your stuff, put them back on. It's, it's so much attention. It may only save you two minutes to go through TSA pre, but similar to this example, if you have to pre, if you have to remember which your pin number is, which app to open, where you are, you know, if there's any sort of manual input, you dramatically drop the usage. Co cognitive and mechanical load is, is really so misunderstood even by startups who are trying to uh, to make it drop dead simple. I, you know, and it's heartbreaking to me when I hear people saying that they've done this and then I do a real time and motion study. And, you know, if you and I were in university in the 1950s, 
we've we would have known Deming's work. We would have understood his work because it was a required course in anybody getting through a university in the United States. And that was back when the automobile industry and manufacturing was, the, you know, the the nirvana for most people. And Deming just really changed the automobile industry. And, you know, give you a quick aside. Deming understood that mechanical load is not as hard to deal with as uh, as um, uh, cognitive load. So, uh, one would argue that if I put a button on this machine and stop this guy from swiveling his hips and moving product A to product B, it could go faster. Well, his empirical research demonstrated that the mechanical load to press the button sometimes is seven times longer than the mechanical load of moving an item from point A to B. So he was wise in not just using automation. He was wise in looking at it holistically and saying, there are times when you need mechanical load and there's times when you need to have a cognitive load. So Apple studied this. And you know everybody says, well, M- NFC has been around for a while. That's true. Uh, so did USB was around before uh, Apple adopted it. So was the floppy disk, a number of different things. What Apple did is, homogenized it into a proper balance between cognitive load and mechanical load. So, so when at the checkout, you hold the phone, you're done, 2.5 seconds. So here we are now. That's, that's technology. Now let's get into the philosophy. MCX wants to eliminate everybody from ever using a credit card in a store ever again. That is the ultimate mission, right? And it sounds great if you're a merchant. Gosh, I'm paying 2% which is really not. They're paying more like, uh, I'd say about 75 to 150 basis points maximum. I'd really love to have 1.5% of my profits back. I'm Walmart and that's a few billion dollars. I'm mad at Visa and MasterCard. All right, fine. But let's look at the flip side of this. When I walk into, and I don't walk into Walmart often, let's use Target. When I walk into Target, I wind up using my credit card and not my debit card for a number of reasons. Number one, if I'm breached, I know this as a tech, you know, as a payment nerd. Hypothetically, if, if, tar- if Target was breached, hypothetically, yeah, if that were to happen. Hypothetically, right? If, I, if, if I'm breached, my credit card, all I lose is access to my credit temporarily. My debit card is breached, I lose my money and my checking account. So I don't use my debit card. And a lot of young people use debit cards because they're acclimated to living within their means. But the downside is, and I think we talked about this in a prior show, I had a friend who was a single mom with a child who was breached at Target in that last breach, and her entire checking account was wiped out. This was before they even knew there was a breach. She went to her bank and said, where's my money? They said, well, you were in Europe. You, were, you, know, you bought a, a jet ski or whatever it was. I don't know. It was a, a couple of transactions. And she was crying. She, was, she couldn't make rent. She couldn't feed her child. It took, well, seven days ultimately, but three days. She had a, I told her, go to the banker, and you don't leave that bank until they give you enough money for rent. You know, I actually loaned her money, but it was more of a political statement she was making. She, she was just livid that somebody could take this money. So anyway, I go to Target. I use my credit card not just because I want to protect my self-security wise. Uh, it's also because I want to get my reward points. I certainly, uh, yeah, I certainly, why not take these reward points if I can? And then finally, I don't necessarily have the money at that moment in my pocket or my checking account. Some, uh, I live within my means, but I may not want to use my cash. I may want to wait 30 days to pay that bill. So, so the credit aspect is, 
is powerful. And retailers know this. Brian, you're naming a bunch of great reasons why not to use MCX. I'm wondering why would people use it? Why did the retailer okay. sign up for it? Sure. Why is this even a, a thing in existence? Well, when Tim Cook announced Apple Pay, he insulted a lot of people in payments and he did it on purpose. He insulted Square, he insulted MCX, he insulted ISIS. And for, I think, an appropriate reason, what he said is, when you use, and Google, by the way, the big insult was to Google. Uh, when you use Apple yeah. Pay, we don't know who you are. Uh, well, sorry, they know who you are, but we, we, you, you don't know how much, I, we don't know how much you spent. Um, we don't know where you really spent it. On and on and on. You have privacy and you don't know the card number. Apple doesn't hold that data. Your relationship is between you and the merchant and you and the card issuing bank. Apple doesn't participate. Most of the other payment technologies, like pay with your name at Square, they were right in the middle of you as the product. Uh, and, and in the case of Square, for example, the product was the merchant and the product was the consumer. I mean, Square was always talking about we're going to sell big data back to people. In the case of Google, Google has access to all of your financial data. What you bought down to, in some cases with American Express, down to the individual UPC code of what you bought. So Google was making you into the product. So Apple makes a great point, right? They're, they don't have the data. Why, why would a retailer say, so okay, MCX, I'll use you instead yeah, so, of Apple Pay? So MCX was in a provisional position between these two polar opposites. They kind of said, you know, we know loyalty plays a big role in consumer purchase behavior. So let us create our own loyalty program and eliminate the loyalty that I might feel when I use my American Express card to Target. Sounds great. And it is great from a foundational premise. Uh, and, and I do not argue that there are ways that you can do loyalty far beyond the credit card. There's so much innovation that we need in that space. So they were innovating there. And again, I support that. And they also said, but in doing that, we need you as a consumer to shift into using your checking account as a primary feeding mechanism to this. And that is an okay uh, balance point for many consumers. MCX gains by this because, number one, they're getting back, let's call it 1.5% uh, in profits. They're going to be funding all sorts of loyalty inside of that, ostensibly less than the coagulated 1.5% that they used to pay. But perhaps early on to, to, to stoke the mechanism, we might see uh, them paying back 3 uh, percent in some way. Very much what we saw going on with Discover when they first uh, did their cash back type thing. They might actually wind up doing cash back. They might wind up giving you free X, Y, or Z. There's some creativity that's brilliant in there. In, in the end of the game here, when you really look at what MCX would gain in this perfect world scenario, is that they would wind up getting data from their customers that so rich that they've never had before. Now, the theory is ultimately some aspects of that data would be fed back into the entire MCX ecosystem and they would share amongst themselves who are the better uh, demographics that are so coming into their store. I, I still feel like we're not, I, I don't get the grip of MCX. If I'm a merchant, I'm a major, major retailer and Apple Pay approaches me and they say, okay, you can use this. You know, you know, everyone has an iPhone. They're going to go and they're going to be able to pay, and it's 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 fluid and and it's a great customer experience. MCX comes to you and they say we're not going to take the data. It's just between you and the customer. MCX comes and says we need you to only use us. You cannot use Apple Pay. We're going to take the data, do something with it up in the cloud, give it back to you, and it's going to be valuable to you. 
to me, I'm wondering why as a merchant, why did Bose take this deal? Now Bose is excluded from all Apple retail stores because they are using well, M- MCX. Well, is- Bose is actually a different story. They uh, got involved with Beats and the exclusivity what did, with what the did, NFL. What did, what did MCX do that, say, Google Google couldn't have done or any yeah. other? Well, well, essentially, MCX, uh, there's also some ego and ownership and not invented here strategy that takes place. You know, whenever you put a group together, uh, there's a cognitive uh, uh, problem that winds up developing. Uh, you know, the typical not invented here problem. Uh, problem will ultimately take over a committee. Uh, they'll start looking at other people's technology and, you know, self-aggrandize their solution versus somebody else's. So when Apple Pay hit, I think the spine stiffened and the hairs went up on the back of the neck that they better really be be able to knock it out of the park or else they could be lost in the noise of what Apple Pay is. And to the MCX uh, members, they were looking at trying to disenfranchise credit card acceptance. And Apple Pay is an extension of the credit card banking industry, whereas MCX, although funny enough, they're also using the banking system that is using another aspect, the ACH. So their cost, their costs were lower. But okay, so it's, it's really based on costs. A retailer says yes because cost of- Cost and access to data. Cost and potentially access to data. That yeah, hasn't been so you know, a little bit, you know a little bit more about your right. consumer because they're sharing, you're giving up your demographic to be part of uh, the MCX uh, or the currency pro- platform as a consumer. And in return, what you get back is some bonus and points. And it's a great thing. But where it really hit the, the dead end in the road for MCX in the mind of a lot of consumers and really tarnished their brand and again, it's a great study from public relations to business, is where they made it a war between MCX versus Apple Pay. Whoever started that dichotomy, and I got to tell you, it started from some members of MCX who are now egos took over, uh, personal reputations took over, loud pronouncements took over, and not the normal level-headed thinking that these retailers are otherwise known for when dealing with their customers. So they started blundering. The very first blunder was somebody made it very clear to probably Rite Aid or, or, or CVS that, you know, it's already coming out that people are using Apple Pay at your store, you're in violation of your MXC, MCX agreement, disable. So they had to work an entire weekend, and I know the people that were involved in the processor that then they had to literally come up with a Rude Goldberg device, essentially, to disable NFC transactions originating from Apple Pay, yet still allow uh, NFC transactions originating from embedded NFC and payment cards. Uh, They literally had to de-emphasize that. So you're an Apple uh, customer, and perhaps you never even used Apple Pay yet. It becomes a media fiasco when you start hearing your once favorite pharmacy went out of their way to disable something that Apple's doing. They don't the consumer doesn't see the narrative. They don't care about, oh, there's a, a, a war on be, between who's going to control this. No, and, not at all. They just care. They only care, yeah. well, you're making something that I paid for. See, what a lot of payment uh, gadflies and, and commentators and researchers who don't do very much research, but they use that, you know, that title, what they don't recognize is this is not a debate about a new payment vehicle, yet they always bring it into this as a debate. 
Apple is a debate about ownership of this device. When I go and put down my money or give money on a monthly basis to my carrier to have this $700 supercomputer in my pocket, I expect to utilize as many features and benefits as I possibly can. And one of those features and benefits is Apple Pay is included. And when it drops in there and you've done a single transaction, you as a consumer don't care about all the politics and philosophies that are debating. They care about the technology. It's so brilliant. It's beautiful. It works. It's addictive. You do it once, you expect others to do it. And that's fine. You maybe try to influence your your, your friendly merchants to get it. But it's something entirely when somebody disables it and purposely and maliciously tries to stop you from ever using it at, so, at the store so, you once visited. So Brian, so I'm 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 looking at mcx.com, their website. They've got any everyone from Kohl's, to Michaels to Walmart to Sears, you know, Target. They've got Wendy's. I mean, they have huge huge retailers here. Is the future now that they're just going to crawl up in a clamshell and die? I mean, what no, what, ha- no, what happens no. now to MCX? Or There's going to be a face saving. First off... Do they just, do they void all the contracts and then... Nah, I don't on? see that happening either. First off, the political agenda was really uh, starting, started from Walmart. Walmart has had a notoriously long struggle and fight with Visa and MasterCard. They took them to court, they sued them, they changed the entire payments industry in the process. Uh, MCX their main cheerleader, of course, had a political agenda. And that started the idea, but the other retailers didn't jump aboard necessarily for that. They jumped aboard because they literally wanted to have a consumer wallet. There wasn't anything in the market. And and payment startups were so freaking arrogant and so dumbfounded, caught up in their disruption narrative that they were not addressing them. If the technology companies addressed MCX at the moment that they really wanted it, this whole narrative would have been different. They would have already had a product, by the way. This is a three-year legacy that's going on, an odyssey. So what is going to happen is to save face, MCX is going to morph. We already saw it at um, at Money 2020. uh, One of the executives said, oh, we're not dedicated to just using optics. We may use NFC in the future. And, And you know, the merchants aren't locked out from using Apple Pay. Uh, they could do that in, well, sometime in 2015. We just want to give MCX currency a, a, a good start. Uh, so literally what they're saying is we've artificially locked out other products. So when our products come out, you don't get to use anything and you, you're forced to use our system. That actually even made the narrative even more dumber more complex mm-hmm. and more <laughs> stupider for the consumer. Consumer saying, hold Brian, it, just come out with I the got, best product and I'll use I it. Got a, I got a question. Do you think there's going to be backlash from the general public at large and which would eventually lead to the demise of uh, MCX? I, I, would say, I would say if the three of us were hired uh, and to sit down with MCX, we would probably uh, hug each other and cry for a few hours <laughs> and say, sorry, guys, your, your life's work maybe is going to have to be re- reimagined. Uh, we would take a step back and say, we have now a legacy of tarnish on this image and reputation of, the, of this organization. There's not much you can mm-hmm. do. At this point, if you try to do the Mexican standoff of egos, we're better than you, Apple, and we're mm-hmm. merchants. You know, let's face the facts. Apple invented Apple Pay not as Apple Computer, but as Apple, the Apple Store. 
The people mm. who built this, the people who are running Apple Pay ran retail at Apple stores. So let's get this right. Apple Pay was built by a merchant for other merchants. It isn't a technology company who said, oh, you know, payments seem like they're interesting. Yeah, I think I want to get involved. Um, there's some friction and I'm going to solve that problem and, and maybe disrupt it. No. But, Apple but approached it like a retailer and said, here's what we've seen as a retailer at the most successful retail store, $4,000 per square foot mm. is made at Apple stores, $420 per square foot at Walmart stores. Who do you want to side with? Who's got the better intelligence? Who's expanding? As a retailer, Apple is the largest, most successful retailer on the planet. Walmart is large and successful, but not in any way, shape, or form in the same galaxy as this success. You know, descending, down, descending down to the layer of the common user who's going to be walking in, the consumer. Sure. How do, you, how do you see that playing out? Do you think they will have a backlash? Yeah, I think, I think you wind up, this stuff takes a life of its own. And when I go out and I talk to real people, people who should not know anything about payments and should not mm. know anything about this narrative, they're already mad at uh, CVS and Rite Aid and, and Best Buy. They're already mad at, at, at MCX. They, they, they've, you know, we, we live by archetypes, you know, and, uh, and unfortunately the world gets distilled down to uh, sound bites and, and 30 second clips. And the media has had a field day. This is just a feeding frenzy that has not stopped. And if you go on Twitter, you go on, uh, it, the, the evening news is talking about Apple Pay being disabled. You know, as a right-thinking consumer, where would you be on this? Most Americans, because this is affecting U.S., uh, really root for the underdog. And guess who's not the underdog now? When you disable a, a, a technology that's already there, the underdog is the one that's being disabled. So even though Apple's one of the most successful, largest uh, you know, uh, retailers, they now look like the underdog because MCX is purposely trying to create a problem. So now you have this egregious problem. So today, this is not technology. It's not even psychology at this point. They are really down to a philosophical, uh, you know, meeting uh, with the big guy. They really need to sit down and say, okay, why did we do this? What, what was, we've lost track of what our mission is. We did this as a merchant customer exchange, and now we're extracting the customer from this because if the customer well, wants to use well, their iPhone, let, me, let them do it. But I think sanity is not prevailing anytime soon. But, no. if, uh, but if sanity were to prevail amongst the partners, the, the merchants who are participating in this entire ecosystem, do you see them walking away from this deal and saying, you know, see, you know what, I, I, don't want, I, doing- I don't want nothing to do with this? I see them doing the practical and pragmatic thing because that's all merchants ever do. And I, I, I write a book about the, the practical and pragmatic philosophy of all merchants. It will come down to this. Uh, you'll see companies like Target who are already an Apple Pay partner. They're already an Apple Pay partner. Uh, you know, uh, Starbucks, Apple Pay partner. They're using it within app. And that's the, the waterline below the iceberg. There's a lot in-app that we're not talking about. And I would love to do a whole show why that that's really the amazing part of Apple Pay. Uh, and it's a, it's a great Stripe story. It's a great story for a lot of these companies. But Target will probably wind up reactivating the NFC uh, when it's appropriate. And, and they will do the practical thing of saying, yes, we have MCX. Yes, it's out there. It's got great benefits. They'll promote it. But you can also use Apple Pay. Now, here's the funny part. Apple Pay 
is 100% compatible with MCX. All MCX need, needed to do or needs to do is sit down with Apple and say, yes, your next Apple Pay 3.0, whatever version, we would like our store card to be part of the transport mechanism that you call Apple Pay, which is really NFC. So this is really synergy. So this is why egos and philosophy and politics are at play because there's nothing that stops the MCX brand or the MCX card from being mm. transported via the NFC signal within the Apple Pay uh, passport wallet. There's nothing that stops that. And I've had conversations with people at Apple and people at MCX specifically trying to be the peacemaker with my Indian peace pipe and, and, and saying, guys, just cut the BS you know you're ultimately going to do this. And Apple is saying, we want to do it. They don't want to do it. Yeah. So now it's come down to egos and uh, really bad aftershave. Some guy coming in a room saying, I'm not doing this. I'm, I control me. the world. You know, How did MCX fund people? all of this? Are they all self-funded? It looks like they don't have yeah. any public funding. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it is all private. Each uh, retailer gives a, a percentage of their annual. Uh, and they're making money with this? Yeah. No, no. This, I mean, it, you know, I the, feel sorry uh, for MCX, the company, because they are uh, the they are really just answering to the masters that control them. They're not an independent entity. They have yeah. to answer to their. I mean, based, my, my gut tells me, based in based in Boston, you know, outskirts, the southwest corner of Boston, looks like they have a few, you know, fidelity partner, ex-partners on the team. I mean, it looks like they have a great team of they're business development people. guys. And, and I'm guys. sure they're smart. And they went around, I'm sure they sold these uh, the, these retailers on a great promise. But, but it, it looks like compared to Apple, man. But Mike, the retailers invented MCX. They mm. literally, whole cloth, invented the idea, made the company, and dictate what the company needs to do. So they're not, they're in a really bad position. By, yeah. So they are basically, all right, so when this all broke, the largest uh, retailer that controls MCX probably sent down the pipeline, MCX, you better be honoring your contracts. By the way, we wrote those contracts and you're uh, a vestige of us, so you better go out there yeah. and start making it, some pronouncements. So the bad guy is MCX, even though the bad guy is one or two retailers who are acting irresponsible, absolutely irresponsible, because they went and did their duty in the hot tub and all these other retailers have to sit in the same hot tub. Yeah. It is unfair. If I was Reminds me at, of the Euro. <laughs> yeah. It really poor, it poor Germany to, carrying the load for everyone. Yeah. You know, it comes down to it. If if I was Target or some of these other companies that have had great relationships with Apple and I had to bear witness to this fiasco, quite possibly when when it's time for me to cut and run, I'll cut and run. In fact, if it gets bad enough, Target will say, oh, we got to spend uh, a rounding error to get out of this uh, contract here. Take the money. I'm out of here. I mean, uh, the Target red card, in my view, is no doubt going to be impl implemented in Apple Pay 3.0. So what's the downside for Target? They already got their payment vehicle. They already drop it inside of N NFC uh, and Apple Pay. To them, they're just making it a convenience that the, that the person doesn't have to dig in their wallet to choose that payment type. I mean, it's what it, all it is about. So the confusion is, and even media people are writing about this, are writing about Apple Pay being a payment system itself. Like people want to pay with Apple Pay. No, they're paying with their credit card. 
it's being facilitated by Apple via the Apple Pay mechanism. So it's a wild time for all of us that are payment nerds because uh, I don't think I've had so many reporters come from general publications, uh, you know, uh, television, uh, you know, all around the world. Money news. Yeah, it is major news. Uh, and most of it's remedial because the reporter doesn't really understand the basis of mm-hmm. what's going on. And, you well, know, here, here, yeah, here we're taking 30 minutes <laughs> explaining something very simple. And even if you explain this a number of times, they still don't get, it's like, well, why is MCX exist? And, you know, why are they doing, you know, they, but I tell you, when it gets still, distilled down to this us versus them, Apple versus the big old crusty retailers, because that's how it's getting painted. Uh, it does nobody a service. And Apple is wisely just keeping mum. They mm-hmm. have no official uh, uh, official comments. And um, and everybody knows uh, Tim Cook uh, would be more than willing to work with these retailers. So they uh, anybody's ever you know seen this guy's history. So it comes down to it, when is it, it's not if it's this is going to break apart. It's when and how. And I think the best way for them to do it is to work together. There's no reason to work against each other. The NFC is a standard. Yep. It's like it's like being AOL. It's like being AOL, AOL in in the early 90s, and you see the internet coming, and you're just getting mad, saying, "I want to maintain all these dial-up uh, uh, modems. I don't want this free internet access." And you know, uh, it really. NFC is an open standard that anybody who has a device can use. You don't have to use an Apple device. You and I and, 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 and Faisal, we can all get together, create an NFC device, put it out there, and guess what? It works at every NFC uh, location. 4.1 million on the world yeah. right now. Apple doesn't, doesn't like to block other people, although I, I will say that one frustrating thing with Apple is on the iPhone, they lock the, phone, the, the native Apple apps so you can't have anything else come on. So that's the only <laughs> time I can think of. You can, you can hide them, them put, put, put them in their own mm. folder called uh, old, way back terrible there, iPhone back apps. The last yeah. Page. yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's an interesting story, Brian. Thanks for digging in here and, and giving us the real, the, the meat of it all. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about it a lot over the next couple of months. Yeah. It's probably mm-hmm. going to get yeah. uglier. Seems, seems they're just warming up. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's just embarrassing to watch. I, I, I really, I, I would pay to walk into the MCX offices in Boston and say, come on, guys, let's roll up the sleeves. Let's get real about how the world works. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be insulting, but if the optics of this from standing on my position uh, is that you could not make a worse launch of your product that isn't even out yet. You know, uh, got to change. Hey, we had uh, we have we have great and positive upswing companies like Coinbase, and then downside of MCX. So, go Apple Pay here. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Great times, great times for payments. Yep. All right, guys. Till the next episode. This has been a good one. Um, talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.